Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is Ekta, and today I have with me um, Yoshiko Roth Hidalgo, who is the founder of Juara Skincare. I'm so excited uh, to have you on the show, Yoshiko. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ekta. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. It's truly my honor. Um, I want to start it off by you telling us how you got into skincare and beauty because you have just such a beautiful line and um, I want our listeners to know everything um, that went behind it. Sure, sure. Um, I guess you could say I've been a skincare, a skin health and sort of a health nut ever since I was a kid. I actually wanted to be a dermatologist when I was a kid. And um, to be fair, it wasn't completely random. My my father, who's a kid, my father's from Germany. He is a chemist and he was, he worked in healthcare all his life. And um, my mother is Japanese and, um, you know, Japanese women take very, very meticulous care of their skin. So, right. <laughs> so I grew up witnessing that. So, um, but, you know, I, I'd never really occurred to me that I could do something with this passion and this interest. So, you know, I went through my education, skincare or science unrelated, um, went to grad yeah. school, um, business school where I met, uh, where I actually met my business partner, Meta Mordaya, who's from Indonesia. And wow. um, yeah, I, and um, I was fully on the track, you know, I was looking at banking and strategy consulting. And then I noticed wow, I'm spending all my free time for stress relief. I'm spending it at the <laughs> store or at Sephora looking at ingredients and product, you know? So yeah. what's going on? And I decided, you know, in the midst of this whole recession and, um, you know, to basically ditch my <laughs> job offer that I had and uh, did a total pivot and decided I wanted to go into skincare. And my first brand was actually this French brand, um, um, was beautiful line. Um, but what happened also at the same time, I happened to live with my partner, uh, business part, later business partner, Meta Mordaya. Um, mm. You know, I'd broken up with my boyfriend and I was homeless and she took me in, which I'll never forget. I love that. That's a good <laughs> friend. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, because in Manhattan, you know, you live in a studio and she was like, oh, why don't you just crash on my couch? And yeah. that turned into many, many years of, of living together. Um, um, so, you know, we were both doing the very career focused thing and I was in skincare. She was um, in retail. And um, one day she came to me and um, started talking to me about this ancient Indonesian tradition called Jamu. And, you know, I've been to Indonesia, to Bali, it's a beautiful country. And I got really interested um, in all the different kinds of ingredients um, that had at that time, you know, were, were really not household names, turmeric, um, ginger, you know, now everyone yeah. knows about them, you know, but yeah. back then it was just like, oh, you know, we know them from curry or, you know, yeah. so, um, and we started talking about, you know, wouldn't this be something, you know, to develop a skincare line for true skin health around these ingredients that have been around for almost a thousand years. You know, the Jammu tradition yeah. was born almost a thousand um, years ago in, um, in Java. 
and by Buddhist monks, um, it is said, and uh, for the royal courts. And so uh, you, you know, we started wow. really ideating and um, another friend of ours who's actually a doctor um, was all, you know, she was all into it as well. And so we banded together and really tried to look at, you know, this, this very exotic concept with these exotic ingredients, but the whole idea is bringing it here to the U.S. where people had, you know, so yeah. little experience with the heritage and the ingredients. And from that, you know, Juara was born. That's beautiful. I love that you went to, you know, the actual culture. You know, I, I don't know much about Indonesian culture and I don't know much about the, especially the skin practices. So I really love that you have stayed true to that, you know, and, and you don't see that a lot. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, you know, when people talk about, you know, I'm, I'm half Asian myself, of course, you know, there's a lot of um, knowledge about, you know, that, you know, Japan, for example, or Korea, Indonesia, I'm sorry, China, but there isn't that much known about Indonesia, um, even though if you look at the map, you know, it is a huge, huge country, thousands and thousands of islands of lush um you know, botanical richness. I mean, they haven't even yeah. fully cataloged the thousands of ingredients that have medicinal properties and that people have relied on for hundreds of years for their health and for their well-being way before Western medicine made its way into the country, you know? So, right, right. I mean, there is, it's such a treasure trove and um, there's just so much more, more and more evidence, you know, how potent these ingredients are. So that's, yeah. that's the central idea, you know? And I, I think the other thing that really is so beautiful about the Indonesian culture is that it is, if you go, for example, to Bali or the, or the other islands too, there's a, there's a sense of joy and enjoying life in, yeah. in that culture. Yeah. And it's a very right. diverse culture too, because it's really at this this interesting intersection of you know the Europeans were there, the from the Middle East, China, you know, from right. from all directions. So there's also the cultural richness to it, and um, so it's it's you know I'm really I'm really happy that um, through Juara, even you know in whatever contribution we made, that we were able to put this not that well-known culture on the map yeah I mean it's, it's uh, truly extraordinary because you know for me I, when I look at skin health I am so bombarded by you know obviously medical grade skincare clinical grade skincare but I've always wondered because you know uh, my family's from India I was born in India as well so I understand the um the value of natural ingredients I understand the value of you know um centuries worth of medicinal properties of naturally occurring plants and stuff so you know I, I, it's an interesting juncture like in the industry because i think everyone wants to either demonize it or get behind it as clean beauty so i i think your line is um very very unique in that way because you're bringing a culture forward rather right than just, right you know what i mean so i, right. I really like that so i want to ask you uh when you decided to formulate your products what was what you know what were the original products that you wanted to come out with Oh, so, so the very, very first product um, is actually one of our, you know, hero products to this day, yeah. one of our most popular products. It's a, it's a Canlot body cream. And um, the story is really funny there because um, I'd never heard of candle nuts before. Um, but in, in Hawaii, it is known as kukui. Um, one day, Meta basically came back with a bunch of candle nuts. You know, these round, they look like hazelnuts on steroids. They're really big. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> 
And um, she started chopping them up and mixing them with honey and turmeric. And then, you know, took me to our tiny, tiny, you know, um, bathroom. You know, we, we lived in Manhattan. So it was like this tiny room and rubbed it like, you know, gave me basically a massage. And um, it was me a massage. And afterwards, I just thought, wow, this the oil from the nuts felt so wonderful. And um, she told me about how, um, you know, they're rich in omega-3 fatty acids and have been used on baby scalp and um, in cooking. So it's a very big presence in Indonesian culture and also the spas. So um, from there, you know, look, this is really something so yummy. You know, this is perfect for a body butter. So we started formulating um, with candlenut oil. And at the same time, you know, we wanted a really transportative experience um, and, um, um, you know, when it came to the scent, we wanted something that would transport pe- uh, transport people to the beaches of Bali, right? So um, yes, there's jasmine yeah. in the scent, which is, you know, um, a big, big, um, big flower in, in Indonesia, very popular. Um, freesia, bergamot, and a little bit of rose and a little bit of a touch of fresh coconut. So there's a very beachy, sensual, sort of take me away, um, relaxing. It smells scent. beautiful. I mean, your whole line smells extraordinarily. Like, it's just like <laughs> Thank you. You know? <laughs> you know, we actually had a whole bunch of friends. You know, everyone is so incredibly supportive when you start a new line. You know, so we had a whole bunch of friends in our apartment um, and we did like a, a little survey. So how do you like the scent? How do you like the texture? And the scent was such a winner. And um, yeah, that was our first product. We call it now Bali in a jar or um, the cult favorite. And it, to this day, it is incredibly popular. That was our first I, product. I mean, I believe it. Honestly, you know, before the interview started, everyone listening, I was telling um, Yershka how much I love the hand cream. <laughs> the yes. hand cream is, is it's become a favorite of mine. I'm not even just, you know, no exaggeration. I when I first used it, I just love how it absorbs so beautifully and it's so moisturizing. So, you know, I, I want you to dive into that a little bit because I, you know, I noticed with a lot of body care products, they either sit on your skin or they make it too greasy or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not a, it's not a luxury feel and it's not a good experience like that you have with your face, facial uh, skincare. So when you were formulating your body care products, was that something you kept in mind or was that just something that happened <laughs> naturally? No, it's, it's like into, it's one of the key things, you know, we own our own formulation. We, you know, analyze literally our formulations and what we put in and it's a very long, sometimes painful process, you know, to like perfect it. Um, But, um, you know, especially with body, but really with everything, we have this sort of two second test first, right? People need to be really feeling a sense of joy um, when they apply the product from the texture, the scent, how it absorbs into the skin. And then also, of course, later how it feels on the skin, how it lingers on the skin, and then how it works. So, and we make no um, difference there between skincare or body care because, you know, skin is skin, you know, it's our largest organ and the body certainly takes up a lot more space than the face, right? So we apply the same standards that we actually, you know, we also dermatologists test um, our body products, even our perfume oil. So we set the same standard there. And with this, the hand cream, of course, one of the biggest things we know from people, our customers, but just like ourselves too, you know, when you 
when you put on a hand cream and your hands are greasy, you can't really touch anything or things slip out of your hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's more of a hindrance. And I can tell you, honestly, you know, being in the medical field, we wash our hands constantly, right? And so right. when you don't have something that you can put on it, I, that's, see, this is why skincare matters, <laughs> you know, for everyone out there, because we use it so much in our general, you know, day to day. And I know for me, you know, having your hand cream is important because my hands get so dry, you know, and, and I'm washing them all the time. But at the same time, like you said, when I put it on, I don't want to feel like, well, now I'm going to drop everything that I, you know, I or really leave fingerprints or, everywhere or, you right, know, grease prints. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, so that was like a, a big, you know, that was a, that was a challenge. You know, you want with a hand cream, you wanted to create something that would um, uh, be able to withstand um, hand washing right? Because not everyone necessarily puts on hand cream after every single hand washing, you know? So you want it to, and you want to protect your hands a little bit, you know, when it comes in contact with harsh, um, even just the harsh water itself. Um, So something that, you know, stays on the skin, but won't be greasy and has soothing, calming properties because, you know, our hands are exposed to a lot of stress, right? You know, they can get red or from the wind, the dry, you know, that constant hand washing. So we, it's, it's, really a nice combination of, you know, the um, old beta-glucan, you know, it's so soothing, but also algae brightening because our hands are exposed to the sun a lot. So that matters too, you know, helping to, you know, um, address the damage from the UV rays. And then of course, the different butters and, you know, antioxidant-rich, essential fatty acid-rich butters that you put on there to help rebuild the skin or maintain and strengthen the skin barrier the the all important skin barrier yeah yeah no i mean it it makes sense everything you're saying makes sense and i and i want to actually ask you because you know when i come across a line such as yours um and i I, you know i'm absolutely in love with it i always wonder um before coming up with the concept before going into the market um was there research that you did like you know consumer research or any feedback that you looked at that other skincare companies were doing that you were like you know what this is not something i want to do or replicate i want to fill a space um in the industry so was there anything like that that you had in mind before you came up with Juara? um we definitely looked at some general you know um data, you know, um, we came from business school, so we did the right thing and looked at, you know, the market and, you know, the brands that were out there already. Um, for me personally, you know, I, I was in the skincare industry with this, with this French brand before, and, you know, I, I had some key takeaways there that, you know, really helped me, I think. And, uh, the, the one thing is, um, you know, the, the the it, no matter what you do, the yeah. product needs to work, right? Yes. And yes. Um, so the science behind the ingredients, wherever you are, right? Whether you're in whatever store you are, is incredibly yeah. important, right? And um, yeah. and and that's how you set yourself apart too, and that's how you create loyalty. The other thing that really really grabbed me, which is why the the concept of Jamus, I felt so in love with, is yeah. that. Um, you know, heritage and tradition, you know, I looked at this old French brand, you know, it matters, you know, that is what is timeless and sets you apart. You can have the best ingredients, the best, um, you know, innovation there, but if you don't have a story that grabs you um, and really emotion that you emotionally connect to, then it kind of is just a product, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. um, And, 
there's nothing wrong with telling a story either. I mean, I know I've, I've heard a lot of, um, like, you know, there's like people on both sides of this fence, right? They're like, well, a skincare product has to just work, but it's like, well, why can't it work and have a nice story behind it? Well, you exactly. Know? Yes. Yes. Um, and you know what, at the same time, you know, it, when you come up with something really innovative or something that people have not heard of before, you know, we knew, and I knew from my previous experience, you know, that um, education would have to be a a big, big part of gaining traction with yeah. with Juara. You know, so again, we looked at the different places where you know people shop. Um, you know, where is an opportunity to really connect with a customer and tell us, tell the story and engage them, you know? So, um, so therefore, you know, we, we partnered, our first partners were independent um, apothecaries, you know, independently owned, you know, where the owner is also the manager and the buyer and knows everything about every single product in the store, you know? So um, that they became our prime, um, you know, partners in the beginning, because we knew that that was the right place to help educate customers about Juara. I really love that. And, you know, you're also supporting other small businesses, which is so important to me. Like I know, you know, as women, like we, you know, I strongly believe we have to work harder, you know, twice as hard. And, you know, (laughs) when we can help each other, that's a huge, huge plus. So I love that you went the apothecary route. And I actually wish more brands would do that because, you know, no hate against Sephora, no hate against Ulta, but it's saturated. You know what I mean? Like right. those are just saturated stores. And it's like, you know, walking into a Sephora or an Ulta, I'm just overwhelmed. And I, you know, to be able to know that, you know, a line such as yours, I would miss out on the beautiful tradition and the and the culture that you're trying to, you know, put on the forefront. That bothers me. You know what I mean? Like I don't right. want this getting lost in the crowd. So um, how do you feel about that? I mean, just your opinion about like mass retailers for skincare. Do you think it's like a benefit or do you think it just kind of hinders smaller brands? Um, I think, you know, they, they will definitely wield a lot of power, you know, yeah. so that can be good, great, you know, and that can be, of course, also their gatekeepers then, you know. Right. Um, so, you know, when you have, for example, when a big brand or big retailers get behind um, a really good idea, let's say in the area of sustainability, you know, it sets the tone and it's very influential. And I think that's great, you know, yeah. but at the same yeah. time, was I think also what we've seen in the discussion about diversity, you know, it is, they are gatekeepers, you know, so, um, is, but at the same time, um, I think generally there is, uh, I'm really encouraged by the trend that um, while there are, of course, still, you know, big retailers and they do wield power, there is also more access and ways for smaller independent brands to get out there, you know, and tell their yeah. story. So that is a really encouraging trend. I love that. I really love that. And, you know, I think for me, for smaller brands, I'm always looking for a way to learn more about the brand. And I, you know, that's why I asked you, because I feel like that message and that journey and all of that gets lost when you're just surrounded by like 50 different lines, you know, right, and you're right. walking in and you're just like, I don't know what to get behind. And, you know, for me as a consumer, I can honestly say the, the story means everything to me, you know? So now that I, like, if I didn't know your line and you told me that this is an Indonesian inspired line, and I would be like, 
absolutely take my money. (laughs) (laughs) I want to learn about the line. I want to learn about the heritage and the culture. So, um, you know, going back to your point um, about your formulas being very, very specific to your your line, can you tell us a little bit more about that? The whole process of um, finding a lab that, you know, really saw your vision and, you know, working with them. So um, we were really, really fortunate that um, our R&D partner, um, our chemist, um, is, is a good friend of ours. And uh, she just, it was just, you know, serendipitous that she happened to be in skincare, highly experienced. She's extremely talented. Um, and so she really, and she's also, you know, um, Southeast Asian. And so she really, really understood um, the vision behind what we wanted to create, which was, you know, something that brings that joy, that experience that does work, that is elegant and, um, you know, innovative. And we wanted, we wanted to own the formulations too, you know, so we wanted to have a direct say into, you know, it wouldn't be like an off the shelf formulation, but we would really discuss and handpick the ingredients, not just, not just for the story, but also for safety. You know, all of us, again, happen to have sensitive skin and we wanted the line, not as a, as a, you know, as a marketing statement, but we really wanted it to be safe for all skin types, including sensitive skin. So, yeah. um, So that, you know, that partnership was really defining because she, she um, helped us develop and formulate our first um, lineup, lineup of products. And she is still our key R&D partner. That's awesome. I really like that. And you know, for me, you know, what bothers me is like, well, it doesn't bother me, but it's interesting how J beauty and K beauty became this big thing. Right. And it was like, (laughs) that's when, when people started really pausing and saying, wait a minute, Japanese culture has all this cool stuff, you know, and this amazing stuff that's good for your skin. And it, it, for me, it was like, well, why did it take this entire movement for us to like pause and look into the, you know, the East and look into these cultures, because, you know, I can tell you from being from India, Ayurveda is a huge thing, as I'm sure you know, right? When we bring up things like turmeric and ginger, it's like this whole controversy around it. But it's like, if you were to focus on the culture of these ingredients and the heritage of of these ingredients, it could be done very well, you know, the line. So I mean, I'm just wondering, like, from an education standpoint, you know, how we can bring people to want to learn more about, you know, lines that are inspired by different cultures. Um, I think um, I, I'm actually really excited about where the world is is going with that regard, because, um, you know, when I got into skincare, there was this whole um, the, the the movement into natural skincare was already on the horizon, you know, and it's kind of yeah. making its way into the mainstream where it was, used to be relegated to, um, you know, health food stores. Um, but even, you know, the dermatologists that I was working with were talking about natural compounds, which gives you an idea how how interesting of an area that was. Yeah. And when we started going into the um, the science of the different ingredients, the research that was that was coming up more and more about turmeric, about ginger as an ingestible. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But then also in application in skin, you know, it's it is you realize, wow, these are truly active, active compounds that, that, that work, that benefit the skin. Um, and yeah. because, you know, together with this, you know, the natural movement, but also the health, um, the, this whole movement to become way more conscious of you and aware of your own health and yeah. the focus 
on prevention because our general, you know, healthcare system, you know, isn't really focused on prevention, right? Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And I love that you brought up prevention because to me, skincare is preventative. It is because when, you know, when you get into your late twenties and you're past that whole acne stage of, you know, hormonal acne breakouts and, you know, just the things we deal with in our adolescent years, when you get into your more mature years, your skin does settle down. And at that point you want something to maintain the glow and the hydration and the elasticity. And so, you know, I, I completely agree with you. It's a very preventative cause to have good skincare in your regimen. So, um, you know, I, I like that. I like that you brought it up like that. <laughs> <laughs> it um, really but, is part yeah. of like the whole, I mean, it, it, we've, Joa has always been about holistic wellness and holistic health almost unintentionally because Jamu started as drinkable elixirs but I think it's all kind of it's all kind of coming together now like in in the whole world yeah absolutely and you know one thing that also pops into mind for me is with natural ingredients such as turmeric ginger um all of these ingredients are very safe you know and so I want to ask you as an from an entrepreneur uh standpoint do you like, you know, when you decided this is the stuff I want to work with, these are the ingredients I want to work with, um, was, and considering safety, was that also something that you wanted to put that message out there? Because I think a lot of people don't understand that, that, you know, using turmeric or ginger is a lot safer than putting retinol on your face constantly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, um, it, that was, uh, you know, uh, maintaining your skin's natural balance was a big part of our, our mantra from the get go, you know. Um, having said that, though, of course, you know, when you have um, turmeric or ginger, these natural comp- compounds adapted for skincare, we still, I mean, we look at every ingredient um, we, we consider for our formulations with the same lens as in, is it safe? Because, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know, you know, there, there's natural compounds that can be quite irritating for the skin. So we look at it with the same lens, but what I think is so beautiful about, you know, you put these natural ingredients on your skin, let's say turmeric and ginger. And at the same time, you also, you can talk about, you know, the wonderful benefits of it in your life in general, right? In your diet or in your teas, you know, that promote all overall wellness, because what we really want for people is to, of course, enjoy the products, take care of their skin on a daily basis, but also, you know, get, take care of themselves holistically, you know, from the inside out and the outside in. And I think that's where natural ingredients are, tell such a beautiful, powerful story. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, I do have a question for you that's more business oriented, because I think for all the listeners out there, I, for me, it's very important to offer advice, you know, and nuggets of knowledge from um, people like yourself. So, you know, when you were coming out with your brand and, you know, going through the whole process of creating a line, um, what were some of the hurdles that you went through and how did you, you know, kind of combat them? I think, um, you know, when you start out, of course, you know, as a business, um, you make a business plan and you look at where you want to, where you want to play, you know, where you feel like you have a, you have a really good chance of, of bringing something special to your customers and gaining traction. Right. Um, But there are still barriers in building a business. It's called capital, right? You need money and um, to create products. And because it's not a service, um, I'm getting really into specific, um, 
you know, when you please do, (laughs) when you create products, you know, consumer goods, right? You're talking about components and a real investment you have to make into your inventory. And when you produce your inventory, usually um, there are, you know, minimums associated with that, right? So um, you can't just say like, okay, for the first, you know, let's just, I'm just going to make a hundred. That usually doesn't work, right? Um, Because then you don't get the kind of pricing that makes it, makes it sustainable for you as a business, you know? Right. So, I mean, the hurdles in the beginning for us were definitely that, you know, you, you really have to uh, be scrappy and make every dollar count and really, really think about where you want to put your money, you know? Um, so for us, for example, you know, we could have with the richness of Indonesia and Jammu, we could have gone in a thousand directions, but how do you narrow down, you know, what can really get you started? And you're already educating people about ingredients and about Indonesia, right? So yeah. we decided yeah. that, you know, the the best place for us to be able to educate, you know, and not overwhelm customers is when we create um, easy to understand, easy to use um, at home spa products. So your cleanse, your daily cleanser, your moisturizer, your body cream, you know, your toner products, products that at the time, especially people would understand. And then, then you have them and then they're able to listen to, you know, the heritage behind the product and the turmeric, the tamarind and the candle nut, you know, rather yeah. than if, think, you know, okay, well, how do I use this product? Wait, what, what is this? You know, so yeah, yeah. able to focus your resources um, on, on, you know, narrow down where you want to play initially is really, really important. Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, I would love it if people got to a point of saying, well, I prefer Indonesian-based skincare, you know, or I prefer Korean-based skincare or, you know, those kind of words. I wish people would get to that point. Um, And I think brands like you are really paving the way for that because all of us, you know, like you said earlier, it's all an experience for everybody, right? Like you should be able to go to the store and say, this is my favorite, like I said, my favorite hand cream. Okay, I'm going to rebuy this, you know, instead of always looking for the next thing. And I think, um, you know, I often think this is that the solution to that is, understanding what you need and what your skin requires and just sticking to it you know so I want to ask you um one more question about marketing because I think this is very very interesting to me um as a consumer how brands work with marketing um you know what was your approach to it so um we've we've had quite the interesting journey um because you know we've um we're now we're at a point we're really focusing on um direct to consumer um, what I think is crucial for every brand, um, but also new brands, of course, is to really understand your own consumer and um, your consumer's journey, your consumer, your customer's journey and how they come into your world, how they connect with the brand, how you talk to them and how yeah. they explore your brand. Right. And um, it is in when we started the line, um, we partnered with apothecaries and third party retailers, you know, online and offline. Um, which is great, of course, because you have partners, you know, that make you stronger, right, as a as an yeah. independent brand. But at the same time, you lose, of course, you know, visibility into that customer relationship, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's really important from the get go to. Um, you know, to to build your partners, right? Because you need partnerships in this business. Um, but at the same time, really, really build your 
customer relationship and your customer loyalty with the with a person who's actually going to buy the product and put it on their skin. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and, and I love that because I know a lot of brands do like influencer marketing and it's just a bunch of people taking pictures and saying, oh, uh, this works. But it's like, you know, I've always had such a problem with that because it's just mass marketing. And, and that's why I, I ask you that because, you know, there can be so much misleading information out there. And, you know, it, for brands that are actually doing it right, I feel like it also creates this like negative culture in the industry. You know what I mean? And so like yeah. breaking through that is extremely difficult. Well, I, I think, you know, what's really beautiful, even though, yes, there is influencer marketing, there is, you can, you know, advertise on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, you know, there's so many places and um, this promise of just, you know, exploding overnight. And at the end of the day, you realize at the end of the day, you know, we're humans, it's still about relationships, you know, and there might be, you know, so many influences out there and lots of pictures taken, but in the end, it really matters that you connect and get to know and listen and engage with, um, even just a few influencers that truly get your brand and understand your brand and love your brand and, and nurture your brand, you know? So I think at the end of the day, it, it, it still really comes down to relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been amazing speaking to you. Thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing your whole vision with us. This has been so wonderful. Thank you, Ekta, for having me. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone out there listening, if you guys have not checked out Juara Skincare, please, please, please go check them out. I will tag um, the line in our podcast art and leave us some comments and some questions um, and we will pass them along to the team if anything. But thank you so much for listening and I'll be back next time. Thank you. Bye.